Alright, people, let's do this one last time. This is the way. Who am I? I am Iron Man. Romamu, I've come to bargain. We know each other. He's a friend from work. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Beware my power. Green Lantern's life. That is America's ass. Language. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. I am inevitable. Stop right there. I'm in. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Flavor of the Geek podcast, where we talk about all things geek. My name is Matthew, and I'm joined today by Michael McCaughey. How we doing today, Mike? Oh, you know I'm feeling sharp as an arrow, baby. Okay. <laughs> Good for you, bro. Uh, and I'm also here with Stephen Carvalho. How you doing today, Stephen? I am full as a motherfucker, my dude. okay well i mean didn't you just go to the bathroom are you still full i'm still full yeah i'll probably be back there another two hours or so (laughs) all right thanksgiving my man thanksgiving that's true that's true yeah yeah i think you and me had two thanksgivings yesterday how about you mike how many thanksgivings you have i only had one thanksgiving surprisingly but it's an italian thanksgiving and a regular thanksgiving so it was kind of back to back so it was two meals but one uh one location so Mm. a lot of food (laughs) a lot of food that's cool that's cool well yeah well i just picked up my christmas tree today uh we've been decorating for the past week and a half because you know you gotta you gotta start doing it especially with the pandemic you have to cheer up a little bit and be stuck in the house all day so we uh we started decorating and then we're like we but we can't get the tree until after thanksgiving which i'm not even sure they sell trees before thanksgiving but we went we went tonight and we we do the same we picked it up you know freaking christmas trees are expensive like i thought they were like steven how much do you think a christmas tree is uh well maybe a seven footer let's let's say a seven footer Uh, i'd say like 35 40 bucks maybe all right yeah i i bought it for freaking 75 dollars oh what, what are you doing spending 75 dollars on a christmas tree uh, well 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 what is it, like I an mean, artisanal be... christmas tree <laughs> is it sing to you or I something i don't know is it to give you like no, a christmas trick like, carol i'm like what the hell to, to be fair Oakwood. i was doing it at uh saint Teresa's, which is so it's a church who they so i guess it's a good cause right <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't uh, know. But no. typically it's around, I feel like typically it's around 50 to 60 bucks when I got it from Home Depot, but wasn't, it wasn't no, that man, amount this I, time. I know a guy. I know a you guy. Know he sells Christmas trees out the back of his Honda Accord, man. 30 bucks. <laughs> okay. How about you guys? Are you guys doing any Christmas themes any like right now? We don't have uh, too much going on right now. Like you, we get the Christmas tree after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so... We were going to get it today. We'll probably get it tomorrow. Um, nice. But uh, but we really do go to a place where a guy just sets up a bunch of Christmas trees and it's $30. So Damn. you got you to gotta go back to that church and maybe uh, do a, <laughs> Return little, it. a little holy haggling. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, so, but they, they did deliver the tree to my house, which was cool. Okay. They did deliver that's better. It. 
So but you, that, yeah, so I mean, paid... I'm not. Maybe, maybe that does include delivery. I don't know, but it, it uh, probably does. But you live like ten minutes away, though. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> but but we just got a new car, so it, you don't want to put the tree on top of the new car. You scratch it all up with the. You paid a forty-five dollar convenience fee. <laughs> you could put wait, put a yep. freaking oh, put a blanket on there or something. Uh, put two blankets on there. Uh, Matt, no, listen, man, you no, you no. got chipped off, okay? You got chipped. Yeah, I also got I also tipped the guy who sent it. Uh, Gave it to me. Who, who brought you it for him? She got I, ripped and he, he gave him a tip. Dude. He was like 85 oh. years old. And I was like, uh, you don't have to. And he's like, no, no, where do you want to put it? And I'm like, go up the stairs to the left. No, I'm just kidding. He just, he just left it outside like, the house. Up the stairs? No, no, no. Oh. He just okay. left it outside the house. You don't tip I mean, the tree. just generate the ornaments in the tree about? as well for you. You can put the star on the top, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You. Can you bring the decorations up from the basement for me while you're at it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. That Put was... these lights on the roof for me, please, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I hope your and, Dolce and uh, Cabana Christmas tree was worth it. It's gonna look great out in front of the window. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. The Air Jordan Christmas. It, it tree. lasts one month, and then I toss it, toss it out. So, but yeah, today's Black Friday, guys. I, I mean, I thought with with everything, you get the tree, the the tree for cheap. But no, nope, don't get that. But you guys, uh, you guys doing any Black Friday shopping? I haven't done. Uh, I haven't really done anything. I I have no. waited <laughs> no outside <gifts>. of. <laughs> I've waited outside of a store on Black Friday one time, and I will never do it again. No. I waited like no. That's not twelve worth it. hours. That's not worth it. Twelve hours out in the freezing cold at a Walmart. I wasn't Hell even no. getting anything. <laughs> I was just with friends that were getting. That sounds like a bad deal. Outside. It was a bad deal. Much like your Christmas tree, it was a jip rip. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Steven. Well, I didn't actually do anything uh, yet for Black Friday. I know that's most of the uh, the deals are going on until like Cyber Sunday, Monday, think, baby. But yeah, probably Cyber no, Monday. I haven't done, yeah, Cyber Monday. Yeah. Well, I haven't I haven't done any uh, any shopping and I surprisingly probably won't. I mean every single year, this is kinda weird. This is probably the first year I haven't done any type of Black Friday shopping. Every single year, what I'm used to doing is after uh, after Thanksgiving dinner and we uh, spend time with the family, I'll meet up with some friends at like a Target or a Walmart or Best Buy or even a GameStop for that matter at like 9, 10 p.m. And we'll sit in those long lines that you hate mm-hmm. so much and we'll drink either uh, like a hot chocolate or... or coffee or something like that to keep ourselves warm play some games while we're in the lines make some friends because everybody's good spirits for the same yeah. reason deals why not yeah for the good spirits you know we were, we were thankful for one night and then we were like hell we're <laughs> gonna crash in, into a store and be yeah. out of everybody else exactly. who tries getting our way to get the one yeah, they're not ps5 part of your or tv you know to be thankful for them <laughs> no yeah no right right so <laughs> so um, I've, I've done that from the age of, I want to say 18 all the way until like 25, 26, yeah. 25, 25. Yeah. So this is the first year I haven't done that. So it's kind of weird for me. I just sat in the house and did well, nothing all day. I mean, you were warm, right? <laughs> you didn't have to That's be true. out in the cold and I was punch uh, old 80 year olds in the face to get TV, you know? I do that for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anyone was wondering, that is what Call Michael does for day. a job. <laughs> That's what he does for, for a that. job. Yeah, I get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on them. I do it for free. Uh, 
<laughs> well, uh, good times, good times. Good. Yeah, I've only done this the Black Friday thing once, and I would never do it again. I think we got up at one in one in the morning, went to a I think it was like a Target or something, or it might have been a Walmart. But we bundled up, waited in line. It was not it was not fun. I wasn't getting anything either, Mike. So exactly. I didn't have any money. <laughs> so I was just there Maybe for. Maybe we the, were in the same line. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, I think <laughs> this was back in. 2010 or 11 maybe Ooh, that sounds about right oh could have been the same place same time wow well <laughs> i don't have anything for black friday because i have you guys oh <laughs> he's so sweet Aww. well i'm sure everyone's interested in knowing who won the thanksgiving draft so here we go so Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, just to remind everyone who who we each had, Michael had <laughs> Doctor Strange. He had a cooked Howard the Duck, and he had Tobey Maguire Spider Man. <laughs> Stephen had Deadpool, Wolverine, and Shang Chi, and I had Obi Wan Kenobi, Baby Groot, and Gilgamesh. And winning by one, Stephen has five. Five votes compared to uh, me and Mike's measly four. So give it to Steven. He wins this round. Better luck next time. Oh, man. What do you think? You think it was rigged? Burning hell. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you guys. Sure, sure, sure. Love all the support, everybody. Thank you for everyone who voted. We do appreciate that. Where do I pick oh, up my trophy? Well, yeah, I didn't say anything about a trophy. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Oh, Why did I do this in the first man. place? Oh, right. man. Right. For cheating Dragon. rights. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. So, yeah, that was our first Ooh. draft, and uh, it went very well. Thank you so much, everyone, for voting. We do appreciate you. And so we are going to move on to our main topic, number one. We have president of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, hints at possibly a uh, possibility that we may say see Ray, Finn, and Poe again in the future trilogy. So my question is for you guys, why? We don't need it, but she wants it to happen. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Now, the, the thing is... <laughs> You know, and we we've said this before in the past with other other uh, actually Star Wars related when Hayden Christensen was coming back, and we talked about mm. the whole like I hate sand thing. You got right. the best actors in the world, but if the writing sucks, then there's not really too much they could do with it. Um, if they can right. get the group together for a an adventure that's not whatever the fever dream that we had last time was, then I think I think it's good. I think it's a good group <laughs> group of characters that just had a lot of wasted potential. So, so, yeah. so much wasted potential and it's a lot of nonsensical decisions. So take those characters, but put them in something good and you got to be, you know, baby, we got a stew going. But if mm. they're going to basically crap out another thing like they did uh, last time, then I say that we just let sleeping dogs lie and we just kind of move on. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, I like The Force Awakens. I also am, I think, one of the few people who likes The Last Jedi. I do not like the last one, which was uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Did not at all. No, no part of that movie was good. But The Last Jedi, I kind of really, really liked in a way. But 
I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not really a fan of having them do another trilogy. But if they're going to do it, I really hope it's done well. Of course, we always do. But yeah, Stephen, what are your thoughts on this uh, possibility of seeing Ray, Finn, and Poe again? Well, you asked our question: Why would they do this? Why not? It's all a cash grab for them at this point. You know, if they have three beloved characters and like in the younger fan base, they're gonna you know bring them back in and use them up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that... but I think the only reason why you would do it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excited. Why do they for need it anyway. to do it? I don't care. Like, why can't they focus on something else? They, I, they don't. The only thing I can think of, of the reason why they would need to do it is because their stories were kind That's of true. cut short. They weren't. They were. They did so much building in the first movie, in uh, the Force Awakens, and they built a little bit more with uh, Poe and with Finn's characters. And then you get to Rise of Skywalker, or even at the end of um, Last Jedi, it didn't have the payoff. It like they they built up these characters so much in these for in the first like. The first movie and then the, the the first part of the second movie, and it didn't really pay out that much at all because they kind of just shut everything down. Like what was happening with Finn and that other girl's relationship that was cut oh, yeah. short immediately. They 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 had a little kiss here and then that was it. Like come on, I wanted to see what, what was her name. Rose. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. It also came out of nowhere. It was forced. It, it, it was. It, it came was out short. of left field. It really did. Yeah. It was forced. There was a oh, oh. it's relevant uh, though, isn't it? Is that but, right? You know what it is? Forced. It was forced. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the only reason why I could think that they could bring these characters back would be to finish their stories and actually complete it. You know, like it it's not like a half-assed ending for them. Like they actually get their full stories told in a decent way. Like maybe maybe they thought, well, we we're kind of rushed on time. To get these stories put in, and you wanted to have you wanted to have all these different characters put into the last one, so you didn't have enough time to execute every single storyline right. to perfection, you know. So maybe they think they can subtly tell these stories through a different, um, different plot. Like it won't the, the story the story won't mainly be about them, but you'll get to know more about their past, their present, like what's gonna happen in the future, and all that like that. But it won't revolve around them like it did in the, the, okay. those three movies. So that's that's the only thing I could think of. That why I guess that would be interesting. The last trilogy felt like the last trilogy felt like they constantly had new writers coming in who were presenting their own ideas, and they didn't fact check it against the previous writers. Ooh, yeah. So they had this yeah. constant rolling list of new ideas, and they put them in and kind of like slapped them in there without thinking about whether it made sense of what happened previously. So it, if they just need to one, make one of the things sense, I man. hope they, I, you yeah. have a lot of stuff. One to of the things I hope with, they do a, a spinoff on is when they did the flashback, when Luke was training Leia, I thought that was so freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of them yeah, doing cool. that. Cause she was at some point, she was trained to be a Jedi. And then we haven't seen anything else from that, but. Hopefully, I, I really hope they, even though they keep going back and forth between the timelines, I hope that Luke and Leia come back as new actors so that we can get more time with them and we can see what happened in the 30-year gap between um, Revenge of the Sith and A Force Awakens. Is that what it is? No, 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 no I'm sorry. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of no, the no, Jedi no, think, and A Force Awakens. Yeah. 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 I want to see what happens between the 20 to 30-year time gap between that. 
But yeah, was there any last thoughts on uh, the possibility of seeing these three again? Mm. Who, uh, if you if you wanted to see Luke and Leia again, but you want a new actor, I think we've talked about this on the podcast, them? and I I pick Sebastian Stan, which for Luke, I. Uh, yeah. Oh, we did yeah. talk about but this. But for Leia, I have not fan casted her. I'm trying to think about who I would like to. I wanted that Carrie Fisher that was out in space and flew around like a uh, like an X-wing back into the ship or whatever. It could be like a 35 <laughs> minute uncut yeah. shot of that for zipping around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. Yep. Just have a CGI. Just have a CGI Leia. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want that. But. Steven, do you have any thoughts on that? Any they casting? did that in Rogue One, didn't they, at Rogue the One? end? Um, they did, yes. Yes. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. No, it wasn't. Not great. It, was not it great. wasn't great. Yeah, no, definitely not great, but yep. it was there. Um, let me think. Who could be, I don't want to say a replacement Carrie Fisher, because no one's ever going to replace her as that character, but. Drew no, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> Where's he at? What's he doing? <laughs> What? Bring in Drew. <laughs> it's oh. a pun. I'm sorry. I know it didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> you just yeah. totally stumped Mike. Me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Drew Carey, Carrie Fisher, Drew Hey, Carey. Mike, remember okay. when you looked up the fan casting <laughs> yeah. for... Whose lightsaber is it anyway? You looked up fan casting for Namor. Where did you find that? Go go to that website. <laughs> Figure out who they're fan casting for, for Leia Organa. Oh. Yeah. You right. You right. All right. Millie Bobby Brown. Wow. Okay. I guess I could see that actually. Yes. Let's say Billy okay. Bobby Brown. Millie. No, Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, from, Millie Bobby Brown uh, from yep. Stranger yeah. Things. Okay. From Stranger Things. Yeah. She she does have like like young. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. can see that. Okay. I like that. All right. It's good. It's good casting. I'm not a, now I'm I kind of hope that happens. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. All right. Well. I think that does it for that topic. <laughs> we can talk about it more later if we need to. But if we want to move on to main topic number two, we have Natasha Liu Bordizio has been cast as Sabine Wren in the live-action Ahsoka series. So Sabine Wren is a, more, is a Mandalorian. She loves to graffiti things and uh, to explode things, so she's an explosives expert. Uh, she is technically the true heir to the Darksaber. I know that uh, when... Bo-Katan said that she had to fight fight um, the Mandalorian in the Mandalorian. She had to fight him in order to get it, but that's not technically true because uh, Sabine, Sabine Wren did give Bo-Katan the Darksaber, but she is going to be coming into the Ahsoka series, which is, I think, it a per- is perfect because I think they're going to be looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn and in turn going to find Ezra Bridger as well, who's another Jedi. I was going to say uh, the love interest is Ezra Bridger, so I think that'd be a good right, little foray into, right. uh, into that. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be – it was such a good – she looks exactly like Sabine Wren too, so I, I think it's going to be per, – it's perfect casting, and I think it's going to be a really fun show, this Ahsoka series. And I think that's starting to film in uh, early next year. And possibly coming out in early 2023. So, yeah, Mike, want to go off of what? What do you think about this news that uh, Natasha is going to be playing Sabine Wren? I had to do a little precursory googling to uh, to see who Sabine Wren was when we were going over the rundown. Um, but I read up on uh, read up on the character a bit, 
and seeing the character and seeing who uh, Natasha being cast, like you said, it is it is essentially a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, I like. Uh, I don't. Know, there's something really. <laughs> there's something really cool about there being a character in Star Wars who likes your graffiti. That's not <laughs> yeah. a thing. You know, like there's, right. there's no, that's never, that's never really been a thing. So <laughs> that's, that's really cool. It's, it's like a, kind of like a punk kind of, you know, rebel, <laughs> if you will, yep. um, in the, uh, in the series. So it seems like, it seems like they're gonna be having a lot of fun with the Ahsoka series and her being cast and introducing Ezra Bridger and then going off on that whole, yeah that whole, uh, series there will be be a pretty cool way to to bring those in i i agree steven what are your thoughts on this i actually do have no real experience on that character so i don't have many thoughts okay. regarding it but i am really excited about the ahsoka series so whoever is cast in it i trust the people that are in charge of casting to do their jobs right considering this is kind of tying into the mandalorian series and they did a really good job so yeah the last time we saw sabine wren was in the Rebels series, and after Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thawn go missing um, together, and I think it's kind of a time jump, because I, I think what they're going to do, which what seemed what they did was a time jump, so I think eventually Ahsoka is going to go pick up Sabine Wren, and it's going to show us that scene that we saw her in, in animated form in live action, that exact scene where Sabine and Ahsoka look all sad. Like Sabine's graffitiing Ezra Bridger and the team on a wall, on a mural, like a mural. And Ahsoka is just standing behind her all sad, all looking sad. So like, it could be cool to combine the combine live action and the uh, animated and see see that in live action. But yeah, I think it's going to be a good series. I, I Like I said, they haven't casted technically Ezra Bridger yet. Um, there's rumors that it's the it's the dude from Aladdin, the live action Aladdin, which I think would also be a perfect perfect casting. But and Lars Milk Milkison Milkson, what's his name? Lars Milkus Milkison. Milk Mikkelsen. Milk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Milk Milk Mikkelsen. Yeah, Lars Mikkelsen has been, I think, either fan casted or actually rumored to be. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a cool series. I, I really, Ahsoka's, after watching The Clone Wars, Ahsoka's one of my favorite Jedi characters or, like, favorite characters at any like anywhere in Star Wars. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Any last thoughts on this uh, this new casting for Sabine Wren? Nope. It's going to be dope. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I do recommend Steven... Uh, Watch a Rebels. Watch the Rebels series. It's it is really good. It's dark. It's gritty. It's really well done. So, um, yep, I recommend that to everyone listening if they haven't seen the Rebel series to prepare prepare yourself for the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka is in that series as well, and so is Darth Vader. But yeah, man. So how how did the Flintstones and Star Wars never do a crossover and come out with a serial called Coco Rebels? Ooh. You know, that would be amazing. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That would be amazing. <laughs> it just popped into my head. I was trying to make a joke well, in my head, and then that, <laughs> that that came to light. And I had to, I had to speak my truth. Speaking your truth. All right. Sorry. Please speak continue. Speak anytime, bro. No, it's okay. So, main topic number three. We're gonna start talking about Marvel, and uh, 
What I'm very excited to talk about, Charlie Cox is reportedly locked down to play Daredevil slash Matt Murdock in four different projects at the moment. So the first one is, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home, which we know he's going to be in. He keeps saying he's not. And then sometimes he says, we'll see. And so he's, he's teasing the audience. And then we have possibly the She-Hulk series, which we've heard he's going to be in. Definitely the Echo series. Definitely that. And then... His own solo project is rumored to be in development. So we're going to be getting possibly another Daredevil series. I'm, hope, I'm, I'm hoping it's a Daredevil series and not a movie. I hope it's a movie. Uh, I think they can do more. Well, I think they can do more with the series. They, a movie is just too too quick and doesn't give a lot of background. But all right, Stephen, you, were, you began talking. What do you think about these this, this uh, piece of news? I'm excited because uh, I really like Charlie Cox as uh, Daredevil slash uh, Matt Murdock. Um, yeah. I really loved the first two seasons of Daredevil. Uh, season three, I'm not going to lie to you, I still haven't finished it yet. I have watched oh, bits and pieces man. as well as the final scene of season three, so I do know what happens. But um, I really do love Charlie Cox a lot more than um, Ben Affleck. As Matt <laughs> I really hope okay. so. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I'm really excited to see. I, I'm, they might not show it for like Spider-Man: No Way Home or she, She-Hulk or Echo, but but at least his own project. I am excited to see those long, continuous one-shot fight scenes that he's so accustomed to do. Like you see it in season one, two, and oh, yeah. three. They bring it in, and it it gets more complex every time he does it. Like the last, I think the last season. He was in the, the prison cell, and they do that long, what feels like a 15-minute fight scene, and it was all one take, and I can only imagine how many times it took them to, to practice that before they got it completely right, but I enjoy those scenes so freaking much. I and I, I can only imagine that for Spider-Man, Noe Home, and She-Hulk and Echo, he's playing ma- mainly Matt Murdock as a lawyer, right. whether it be a lawyer that's going to be... Uh, training She-Hulk or a lawyer that's going to be defending for Echo or I don't know or he's going to be we there there is theory that he's going to be the one that's defending um, Spider-Man or uh, Pete, uh, Peter he's going to um, be the defense the, the, the Peter defense Parker, yeah. Ford, he's going to be the Parker, defense yeah okay yeah that makes sense I could see that but I can't see him playing Daredevil for any of those three projects his own project though I'm super excited for you know yeah. bring him you back you know what's into, crazy into right now Back when, all right, so No Way Home was supposed to start filming before they had the rights back from Netflix for the Daredevil property because they couldn't they couldn't use or even think about using Daredevil in any property until after the three year. Uh, I think it was either I think it was two or three years that Netflix had to give back the property to Marvel. I think it might have been two years. Um, but when I was talking about this with Scott, and I was like. I really want to see Daredevil and Matt Murdock, but there's no way because the movie starts filming before they get the rights back. So there's no way unless they added him in post-production. And the movie was supposed to come out in July of 2021. But with the pandemic, I think they added him in. I really do think they added him into the movie after the fact because they didn't start filming the movie until after they got the rights back now because they were supposed to film it early 2020. We know it happened. And then uh, now they have the rights back to... Daredevil, Matt Murdock. So I think it's going to be cool. I can't wait to see the two of them. I would die 
I would cry if I saw Daredevil Mar- Ma- be Matt Murdock be Daredevil fighting alongside Spider-Man. That would just look so cool. I but I agree with you, Stephen. I probably don't think he's going to be fighting alongside Peter Parker in this uh in this movie. Maybe down the line, maybe in his own solo project, they'll they'll team up. But yeah, Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh. Charlie Cox has had a solo project as Matt Murdock. It's called Daredevil. It's on Netflix. <laughs> hey, you can watch it. Up. It's, yeah, it's, we know it's, that. It's oh, you okay? Cool, cool, cool. Um, I want to see Daredevil two, Electric Boogaloo, and see yeah, what he yeah, can. Yeah. Uh, what That's he can not do. part of the MCU though, and and even they said uh, when they when they pitched Daredevil being if Daredevil comes back, it's not going to be the same Daredevil we saw in the series. Oh, so, okay. I'm guess, more, guessing more than half of that stuff that we saw isn't going to be canon to the MCU. They're going to gotcha. rebuild his story a little bit. Maybe they'll keep that he he went blind the same way in the show and that maybe uh, it would be cool to see Stick. I was watching a, a season one the other day and just to just to build up the enthusiasm and Stick would be so cool to see. Uh, Electra and, and now Echo really cool. possibly. It was just so cool to see all these characters together. But, I think it's a cool uh, yep. Spider-Man No Way Home is a pretty cool in- way to kind of bring him into the uh, into the fray. Yeah. Um, I no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'll be fighting alongside Spider-Man. Maybe there'll be like a like a quick little it's combat nice. moment or some kind of nod to you know whether it's his reflexes or his ability to kind of sense things that uh, that are happening around him. Um, yeah. But I can't imagine. That'd be cool. Man, maybe there'll be a 15-minute long uncut fight scene of him fighting Spider-Man. That'd be pretty dope. Um, oh, you now. think that Daredevil's oh. going to be fighting? Oh, oh, you think Daredevil's going to be fighting Peter Parker? Ooh. Hey, man, at this point. Maybe he's the one who brings <laughs> him in. <laughs> maybe he brings him in, dude. I have I mean, an he's idea. Trying to, he, he thinks he killed someone, so. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That oh, would be maybe freaking amazing. I have that. Oh, dude. <laughs> what, what if? What if? Hear me out. What if you see they started off with uh, Matt Murdock defending Peter Parker, and at the end, when all the people are coming through the portals and shit like that, and something happens where Peter Parker is in peril, and all of a sudden Daredevil comes out of nowhere, and Peter Parker senses that he's like Matt Murdock. He's like, "This is what you get when you pay for a defense attorney like me." And I'm like, "Oh no, no, this is part. I'm this, I'm getting paid right now, right? The, <laughs> this is part. This is part of the deal when you get a defensive attorney." I told like, you what? I was a public defender. And then it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clock yes. is running. Yeah, you know, objection. That would be cool. Yeah, I but I could see uh, Daredevil, like, cause Peter Parker's on the run right now. He's trying to hide from people. Maybe Daredevil brings him in. He's the one who brings him in and then eventually defends him. But that'd be cool. Um, but uh, but right. yeah, no, I, I think that's a, I think that's pretty cool. I would like to see some kind of project with Daredevil, Echo, and Black Bolt as a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil type of, type situation. Oh, right, right. Um, <laughs> I was like, how cool. do those three characters <laughs> work together? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get yeah, it. <laughs> you get me. You get me. You get me. But uh, that would be yeah. pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I say you. Slap on the suit. Bring back Ben. Bring back Affleck no. for uh, for Daredevil. Multiverse Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. There you go. Give me give me three different. Who would be the third universe uh, Daredevil? The third one. Hmm. We got Ben. We got Charlie. 
Who's left? We got Matt Damon. Has anyone ever? Uh, has anyone else ever Robert played Daredevil? Robert Pattinson. Um, no, I don't think so. Damn. I mean, Matt Damon. There might be some animated stuff, but Matt Damon. Oh, well, if you have Andrew, uh, Garf. Uh, <laughs> you have Garfield. Garfield <laughs> the cat. You have Matt Damon. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. Saying. <laughs> if you have Ben Affleck, you have to have Matt Damon. Exactly. Well, I was trying to say. Yin and I'm yang. Sorry. Exactly. Mark but, uh, Wahlberg. You know. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Bring him in. Hey, you dude. know. Hey, you know. Hey, he you was actually supposed to. I was no, it was Leonardo blind, DiCaprio. Dude. What are you doing? Hey. Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play um, Spider-Man in awesome. ni- the 1999 film. Uh, there was supposed to be a movie in 1999, I believe, in 1990s, about Spider-Man. And not Mark Wahlberg, but Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play him. So. I, I can't even imagine that. No, that's 90s that DiCaprio, no, too. So that's like right after Titanic. Right. Yep. Full yep. dream. I mean, he exactly. is a dreamboat, but like real prime time oh, dreamboat. Yeah. But that's not Peter Parker. <laughs> Especially though. back in the 90s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that uh, that's good for that. So we can move on to main topic number four. All right, so Scarlett Johansson is producing a top-secret Marvel project with Kevin Foggy. In Kevin's own words, we are already working with Scarlett on another not-Black Panther-related top-secret Marvel Widow. project. Mo- yeah, sorry, when I say Black Panther, <laughs> yeah. Not-Black Widow-related top-secret Marvel, <laughs> Marvel project. All right, uh, so this is coming just months after Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for violating her contract during and putting Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. So I'm wondering what – I mean, this could have been in the works for, for a while with Kevin, but what – Stephen, what do you think this could be? What is, what is he, uh, she going to be producing with Kevin Feige? I have three theories. Now hear me out. So Theory time. It, the first one <laughs> – <laughs> anyway um, – <laughs> So the first one, I I think, potentially, is the Thunderbolts. Main reason why is because uh, Elena Belova is going to be a part of that in some way. <laughs> Sorry, I keep, is, that her, is that how you yeah. say it? Oh, so you're thinking Elena, of Elena Belova. Elena Belova. Banana. You're right. <laughs> Elena Banana. Um, yeah. So because they have those ties in Black Widow, I believe that she be, wouldn't be invested in that in some kind of way. That's just that's a far fetched okay. one. The next one would be the uh, solo movie that Yelena would be getting at some point in the future because it stems off of the Black Ooh. Widow franchise. So that would make a lot of sense as well. But given the um, the kind of bad blood between you know what happened with the movie at the end with with you know Scarlett Johansson and them putting on Disney Plus, maybe that's just a, a, a sore subject. So my number one thing. Hear me out, because they've been talking about this for years. The A-Force movie that would have Captain Marvel, mm. Gamora, um, I'm thinking uh, Shuri, and... Uh, Okoye. Okoye. Um, who am I thinking of? Valkyrie. Pots, maybe. Um, Valkyrie. Now, uh, for those Marvel, of us at home, Marvel, specifically Photon. me that don't know what the A Force is, is this like a femme fatale kind of thing? What is the A? What is the A Force? Not the Alpha Force is what they call it. Alpha. Alpha. Yeah. So, so it's the Alpha Force. Yeah. Yeah. So. God, Stephen, what is so, it? So, so, uh, I think it was right after Infinity, after filming Infinity War, 
and also Avengers Endgame. Scarlett Johansson joined with uh, Tessa Thompson, Brie Larson, jo- Zoe Zeldana, Denia Guerrera, uh, Karen Gillan, uh, Evangeline Lilly, who is oh Wasp. That's 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 who I was forgetting. Uh, right. Evangeline Lilly and um, the girl who's in Guardians of the Galaxy, who played Mantis. Uh, I think her name's Palm something. A granite. Palm? Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, granite. <laughs> no. Yeah, and they were Not discussing how granite. cool it would be uh, to, to, for all of them to work together in an MCU movie led as like a female superhero movie like the A-Force. They were th- thinking about, they were yeah, all remaining all optimistic about movie. how that could be possible. Now, even though Natasha Ronoboff would no longer be a part of the MCU at this point as, you know, her character she could still produce it to, to do have a really high quality cast um i mean you, you got a glimpse of it you got a glimpse of it in the end of avengers endgame the girl power scene peter the or girl power scene and you know what i don't give yes. a shit what anyone says about that scene i fucking love that shit like as much as you know you had the uh you had the um captain america lifting the hammer moment yep. that was insane you had the portal scene, that was insane. You had Captain America saying Avengers Assemble scene, yep. that was insane. When you get to that fucking scene right there, I was like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, it ruined it. No, it didn't ruin it. Get out of here. <laughs> I disagreed you completely. So Peter Parker is standing I thought it was there. cool to see it, but I also feel it was forced. You know, so it, for sure. Forced. But that's Leave that to Star Wars, that's what I'm saying. Um But think about it this way. For ten I, again, straight I'm, uh, years, you can't you, <laughs> just think about it this way though. For ten straight years in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're building up this universe. With all these male macho superheroes Hell and their yeah. issues and like shit like that, you have like the the female uh, side macho. characters here and there that are helping them get go, going. Like, like Black Widow was that main person in the Avengers. Like she was always there, but she's never the main spotlight or anything like that. Same thing with you know, Gamora was a big part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you had Mantis and all these other side characters. They've never really shown truly what they could do, aside from like Scarlet Witch. Uh, I think um, you really didn't see what they they fully could do. So, or even Captain Marvel, mm. I should say. Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel and Scarlet Witch, they both had their, their moments, of course, because Captain Marvel did have her own um, solo movie before Endgame came out. And I thought that was a decent movie, you know? She, had, she They showed her, her true powers there. Um, anyway, so Peter Parker, is just, he's defenseless against the entire Thanos army coming towards him because he has the Infinity Gauntlet on him. And then fucking um, Captain Marvel comes down and he's like, hey, I, I'm Peter Parker. He go, she goes, hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? He's like, yeah, but I don't see how you can get it through that. And then you finally see the girl power. They all come down. She's like, don't worry. She's got help. And they all come through. All the, the women coming through. And they do their own things in their own badass ways. Fucking Valkyrie on her horse, cutting through an entire Chitauri uh, airship or whatever the heck that those things are that were in the first Avengers movie. I don't remember what the heck they were called. She cuts things. through those things like she cuts through one of those things like it's nothing. Yeah. Fucking Scarlet Witch is able to destroy even Thanos. Like you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. You will, and he t- within <laughs> seconds, she makes him panic so hard. Now, given that was before the uh, Captain Marvel came down, it was still badass. All right, uh, Wasp had her moments. Um, of course, you know, Okoye. <laughs> Boss <Sorry>. was there. <laughs> she was there. Yeah. But, you know, like, I just, it felt really cool to have yeah. that kind of girl power moment because it can extend upon that in the MCU at some point. 
Now, I mean, Emily, um, she's one of those people that doesn't care for like forced girl power moments. So she wants it to be earned. And she even told me like she, like she, like I'm gonna give you an example right now. And I still disagree with her to this, but you know I love her regardless. So in the Aladdin, <laughs> the Aladdin live good action save, good movie, save. um, the girl playing Jasmine. There's twice in the movie where she sings this song called Speechless. Now, the first time she sings it, it's like a very brief moment. And at the end, um, she's being taken away from the palace. And she's basically giving a speech about how she's not going to be silent anymore. She had this full-on song. And, wh- and while I think it, it was kind of pushed too much, I still really enjoyed the song. Where she did not like it at all. She thought it was way too forced. Um, and she was like, yeah, they're, they're thinking about girl power uh, way too much. It's, it's, it's too much. You know, it's really too much. But she thought that the Avengers Endgame fight scene where all the girls get together, she was like, that was like a, a decent amount. You know, it, it wasn't too much, you know. You didn't think it was too I, much I, I, when... I don't think it was too much. When uh, Black Widow was like, move over, boys. And then Shania Twain's I Feel Like a Woman started playing and they were walking towards the, uh, they were walking towards the group. I thought that maybe that's that was... the level of badassery that I'm <laughs> looking for, my I, man. I don't. I mean, I, I got my coffee off of, out of some dude's truck, so I, I just thought it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know okay. I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. remember that, but <laughs> I, I loved it when um, Kevin Marvel and everybody else was coming down. And all I hear is, "And girls just wanna have fun." Yeah, just exactly. You through. can just hear it like yeah. echoing off in the Army. background. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The, the it was fun. Charlie's Angels pose. I just I thought it was forced. <sighs> well. <laughs> I'm not saying I won't see the movie if, if they do an, an Alpha Force movie. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna watch it, but yeah, okay, whatever. Don't know, whatever. <laughs> Steven wants it. <laughs> I do. I'll go. I do. I'll go see so it. So that's my third. Those are my three thoughts. Well, I, I agree with you on the Thunderbolts, possibly, but I also thought if there is a Daredevil movie, I think she might be involved in some way in that. I don't know why I think that, but uh, I think it'd be cool. If she did something, yo, bring her back as Electra. Don't even talk about it. Do you yep. know what I mean? You do do that. that. They they've already yep. recast yep. the characters <laughs> without even mentioning it. Just bring her back as Electra. Never talk about it. Don't mention it. Exactly. Act like it's never happened. Just change her change hair. Change her hair. Yeah. Put some glasses Give her some on. Size. Just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think, Mike? What do you think this is? This movie is that. Uh, Man, I don't know. Um, it's. I I imagine. It's even though it's not another Black Widow, I think just naturally, I think it's like Black Widow adjacent because she knows the character and maybe like the side, the side affiliations but of the character. Really he, he made a point that it wasn't Black Widow, which was very, very weird. Yeah, but that he would do that, yeah, but. yeah, <laughs> you could be right, though. Maybe, you could be right. maybe it's a. Uh, Yolanda Banana. Maybe it's maybe it's a Red Guardian. I want to see a Red Guardian movie. I yeah. want to see a Red Guardian movie that would be where cool. he's told when he's in prison. And I know he was kind of embellishing what he was talking about, but he's talking about all the fights that he's been in. He mentions he fought Captain America. I right. want to see that. You know, um, me too. David, yeah. whatever his name is, is a great. It's a great actor. So I want to. David Harbor. Yeah, David Harbor. Um, yeah. He's so I want to I want to see that, but. Uh, you know, as as we were just talking about it, you know what I, I think was really a missed opportunity? I would really like to see more about um, Taskmaster because I feel like Taskmaster wow. is such a cool character and they didn't, 
really give that character its uh, its its due. And it was just she. They were just kind of there, and like, yeah, they mimicked the moves, but like, they, there's there's more to Taskmaster than that, you know. And there's a lot yeah. of like really cool opportunities, and they kind of just shoehorned it in. So I, I would like to see either what it was like a pr- like a prequel type thing or some kind of some kind of series or something, um, because the ability to mimic moves is really cool, and being able to. Uh, to, to see that on screen would be really, really interesting. But the actual project itself, at this point, probably Alpha Force. Steven convinced me. Um, okay. Or uh, whatever the, the opposite of Black Widow is. White Bride? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to have to wait too long for a, uh, a, like a Taskmaster type series because echo has very similar powers to taskmaster oh boom she, really she can she can mimic anyone's moves that she sees she has a photographic memory so very but the thing is with taskmaster it almost seemed like he was using the technology to remember stuff to yeah. do some do things the chip but with yeah. with yeah yeah so with echo or she, i said he but she um <laughs> taskmaster but echo can do the same exact thing but she doesn't need a suit to do that so mm. we'll, we'll get so more into that maybe when we that's get into even better two when we get introduced there but yeah sorry what were we gonna say mike oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i was just saying like maybe that's even no, better sorry. because that's more i mean that's more true to taskmaster than the movie you know just being right. able to <laughs> to have the photo yeah whatever what's photographic memory and memorize uh yep. move so that'd be cool to see so i take back what yep. i said fuck the taskmaster movie <laughs> bring echo in have her do her thing black widow is Let's probably go. uh i don't know it's like paw patrol yeah exactly you know paw patrol yep <laughs> she's probably she's probably hey, uh, making the squirrel girl movie you know what it's only a matter of time yeah yeah it's gonna happen at some point <laughs> well any last thoughts on this topic before we move on to our last main topic of the day I'm very surprised that Scarlet Widow is not completely blacklisted from the the MCU and Disney parking lot for the, the suing situation, but I'm that's uh good for her. You know, there's a rumor that Kevin Feige told her to sue Disney <gasps> and said he he worked with her to make sure it went the way she wanted because he was upset and he he didn't have any say about it go, Black Widow going to Disney Plus and he said that um, he wants wanted to be just in theaters only, but he didn't have the power, so he was very upset with that. And there was a rumor going going around that he actually was he helped her out, he helped her do it. You know and, what? That which surprise. is very very weird for a uh, was he what is he the CEO? No, he's the, the president CEO. of Marvel Studios, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Is he CEO and president of Marvel I'm Studios? Sure, wow. Yeah, but. But yeah, that was the rumor. So I, I, I'm pretty sure it's true. He's a good guy, Kevin Feige. So, and he looks after his people. So I think that he definitely helped her in any way he could legally. <laughs> yeah, I. But I, uh, unlike what's going on in the Star Wars universe right now, like everything, like there's a lot of creative differences and stuff like that. I think that Kevin Feige tries to help his his people a lot. So, um, yeah. as much as he possibly can. So I wouldn't doubt it that he would help. Um, <laughs> That was the Scarlet Witch. Uh, he he would help Scarlett Johansson um, sue Disney because nope. it's it was warranted in this in this case. So you know, yeah, 
Yeah. You got it. All right. Well, let's move on to main topic number five. We have director of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, says the movie has wrapped filming. This comes out in 20 months, guys. This comes out 20 months from now. And the Marvel's director says that that one also wrapped filming, and that comes out in 14 months. So I, I think my... My question is for you guys. Do you think, well, let's start with Steven. Do you think either of these movies may shift release dates based solely upon them being done 20 to 14 to 20 months early? They could shift release dates with Wakanda forever. What do you think, Steven? Oh, that's a definite possibility. I mean, because of what's going on right now with Letitia Wright and uh, the injuries on set, um, it's definitely a possibility. The fact that yeah. uh, Quantum Mania finished filming twenty months prior to the release, I don't. That's, yeah. that's 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 that seems crazy to me. I feel like you shouldn't be finished with <laughs> filming, like until like eight to ten months prior, and then you have the editing process and stuff like that. So if they finish twenty months prior to the release date, they can definitely swap this out with something else that's you know been d- delayed a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Um, the Marvels yeah. is coming out in 14 months. Definitely. Oh my gosh. If they finish filming now, <laughs> that's even more of a possibility to be Over swapped. a year from now. Yeah, it's even more, yeah. It's even more of a possibility to be swapped with something. It's so clo- it could be a little bit like just two or three months prior to what the original release date was. Now, it all depends on the editing process and reshoots because... They might be looking at this, we finished filming. All right, now we're going through all our stuff. We're going to edit it, you know, see what we got, see if anything needs to be reshot. And they might catch something late, too, which has happened before on projects where they, they watch the things they a have thousand times. Time to do that. They have plenty of time to do that. Reshirts, yeah. they have plenty and of like, time for reshirts. What, what yeah. needs to happen? And then, like, and then like, like, two months prior to the release, they're like, shit, we need to reshoot some things. Because this this won't go all the way at all. Oh, oh no. Did yeah, we forget we to, to put Paul? Did we forget to film somebody? Uh, <laughs> the I don't know. sexiest man alive. Ah, we didn't put the sexy guy. <laughs> What's in the, the movie, movie called again? Uh, it's called Ant Man and the Wasp. Where's the Ant Man? Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> I thought I said Anthony. We gotta reset. Reset, <laughs> people. Yeah. Well, so it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I'm very surprised. It took, they were, I think, filming, I think Marvels was filming for 160 days. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to say, yes, they're going to switch to re- release dates. However, how closely knitted was the stories between the Marvels and Cap and Black Panther were kind of forever. So do we need one to, to know what's happening in the other? If we move the Marvels before Black Panther were kind of forever, is that going to ruin how we see them kind of forever? But I guess it's very easy to just say yes, but I don't know. They have time to they have time to shoot Wakanda Forever. Which I don't think they're going to be filming for that much longer since they they've been filming Wakanda Forever since July or June, June or July. But most of that was without Letitia Wright. So if they start picking many... up filming in January, then yeah, then they have maybe a month and a half, maybe a month or two left before they wrap that filming, and that one comes out in November of next year. So Kevin, yeah. So Mike, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's. I mean, at this point, it seems like it, it kind of deserves to take Wakanda Forever spot, and, you know, oh, if not only for the for the <laughs> unnecessary delays that have been put forth by uh, by the whole COVID thing. Um, but it, I now, granted, obviously, I I have no idea the editing process for a Marvel movie. I'm sure it's huge. I'm sure it sucks, and I'm sure it's 
completely time consuming. I don't think it's 20 months long. So mm, <laughs> I I feel no. like they if they can get it done and they're happy with it, which again is a big thing cuz they they don't need to rush it. They you know, 20 months is a very long time. Um mm-hmm. So if they can get that done and they can push it, I think that's that's great. If if it's so much farther along than Wakanda Forever, yeah, swap them out. Like you said, though, if you need Wakanda Forever to then lead into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, first of all, that kind of sucks. Um, but right. I know they've had problems with that before. We've talked about it ad nauseum about things getting push forward and delayed and things come out first that weren't supposed to and they've made it work the only example i could think of that didn't work was the that one bit in the what if episode with gamora and iron man um tr- melting oh, right. whatever you know what i mean so, right, and, so right. where that came out of left field you're like what the hell is that but oh, that's right um, yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, but but besides that, every, they move everything the else to next year. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so besides that, they've been able to make it work, and I know they had to do reshoots, and they are doing reshoots. But twenty months—if it takes them twenty months—let me say this: if it takes them twenty months to edit this movie, I better be in the theater halfway through the movie, look down, my balls blown off. Okay, <laughs> I want to pass out. Oh. From how good the CGI, <laughs> you know, from the, how good the CGI in this movie is, so if uh, I don't think they need that long, uh, if they do, I hope that they're able to, at a good pace, if they need to reshoot, push things around, do that. But they've given themselves a bit of a, uh, a bit of a stretch of time here. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I just really want to see the movie too. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Yeah, I I hope we don't have to wait. That seems grueling. To, that's a long time, even fourteen months for Marvels is for the Marvels rather. It's yeah, is a long time. So make that work. You know, keep that keep that drip coming because we all need that serotonin hit of uh, of Marvel <laughs> movies right now. So keep those yeah, keep those coming. Wakanda forever. You know, turn into Wakanda eventually and kind of push it back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> push it back. Yes. Uh, Ahead of the other stuff, but give us uh, <laughs> give us the world's sexiest man or wherever he is. Give us Paul Rudd. Yeah, and uh, well, just make it good. Take your time. With, we just got the today's today we got our first set photos from the Marvels movie, and literally all it is is just a, a set. I think they it look like it's from Greece or something. Like a they filmed in Greece and there's the old clay buildings, but. Miss Marvel's in the is in the picture and she mm. has her new suit. So we don't see the suit that she's going to be wearing that we haven't seen yet in the Marvel in the uh, Miss Marvel series. We see the newer newer suit. <laughs> so I'm like what the heck is going on here? We're seeing two suits before we even see the, the show and movie. But whatever. The, this company is all but... over the place with their projects, man. They they yeah. the the pandemic really messed them up and they are they seem like they're all over the place so hopefully they can kind of get their ducks in a row so far so good you know um right but yeah. uh they really they're really scrambling <laughs> to to get all this stuff done so props <laughs> to them for doing that in the middle of a pandemic but just hopefully they do it right that's all mhm i agree 
Any last thoughts on this before we move on to our Hawkeye episode one recap? Uh, right. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All righty, so we're going to talk about uh, episode one of Hawkeye. Uh, this just came out on Wednesday. Today is Friday. So this came out on the 24th of November. Uh, both episodes dropped at the same time. Episode one, episode two. If we have enough time today, we'll talk about episode two as well. But episode one was really fun. Uh, and Steven's going to do a little bit of a recap on what happened in episode one. Yeah. All right. So go for it. This episode is titled Never Meet Your Heroes. So oh boy. we start off the episode with a, uh, a flashback to 2012 in New York. A young Kate Bishop is listening in on her parents arguing over their living situation and the like. We see a quick heart-to-heart with her father and a successful attempt of a mother connecting with her daughter. And then, kablam! Explosions everywhere outside the luxurious apartment that they were in. Yep, you guessed it. We're in the midst of the Chitauri invasion, the battle that brought the Avengers together. A frantic Kate is nearly toasted from an incoming attack, but is saved by none other than our other hero, Hawkeye, which then creates a idol in her eyes. Now, while this was a day where an idol was created in her eyes, it was also a day of loss for this little Kate Bishop. While Kate's mother, Eleanor, was able to swoop in and take Kate out of the crumbling building, her father did not make it out of this attack. As the two mourn their loss as her father's at, at her father's funeral, Kate decides that she will then pick up a bow and arrow. Now, Ooh. we fast forward to the present. Ooh. It has been almost two years since the event of Avengers Endgame. Uh, we see a 22-year-old Kate Bishop causing a ruckus by sniping a bell tower with a bow and arrow because who wouldn't want to do that in the midst of a snowy winter night? if you possess the incredible ability that she does. Uh, So before getting caught, she causes the bell to crash down right through the tower. Now, jumping between characters now, elsewhere we see the Barton family. Minus the mother, they are attending a viewing of Rogers the Musical, depicting the events of the first Avengers movie, uh, which is in in full effect. The audience is shown that uh, Clint now wears hearing aids because of all the wear and tear of previous Avengers moments. Uh, While watching the musical unimpressed with what he is seeing, a daunting close-up of the Black Widow actress sends Clint into a state that gets him to walk out of the theater. Now, Clint, now sporting a new hearing aid, has a special moment with his daughter who knows what's up. The rest of the family piles up, piles out, and uh, they leave the musical halfway through for some good grub. Now at dinner, the Bartons talk on the phone with Mama Barton, the girl, my girl, Linda Cardellini. Uh, <laughs> this is followed up by the waiter letting the Bartons know that their meal was on the house. Now Clint was not pleased by this. No, he wasn't. Can I, can I just pause you right there real quick? So um, I want I want to go back to something. I want to go back to the first first couple of lines you had read. And, oh, man, like it was so cool seeing the events of Avengers uh, Avengers in another respective, perspective. So, uh, so we saw 
Clint's doing his normal kicking ass thing. He runs out of arrows and then he has to fly down and then crash through a building. And it, in the Avengers movie, this was a painful scene for him where he, he was like, oh, man. And the, they were almost like losing in this scene. But in her eyes, she was like, wow, I just created an idol. And I don't know. That scene was just so cool. But also, we talk about how did Kate Bishop's mom kill her dad? <laughs> is, that, is that what we yeah where did that dad happen? go <laughs> yeah. i have a lot of theories regarding this one scene i really do okay do you I do but do you want me to wait until after the uh the episode one recap or do you want to uh get into that right now i think it's time a certain time <sighs> yes, let's let's do it while we're talking about okay it. what time but, is it all right so it is steven it is Okay, so I have a few theories here. So the first theory, in the first episode before the invasion, the dad and mom are fighting and they overhear Kate eavesdropping. Now the dad says, Mm -hmm. do you want to? And then the mother says, who are we kidding? You go. Now that could just be passed off as you're the, the child's favorite. You go talk to her. But what if there was a hidden meaning there? that will reappear later in the season or in the series in general. What if the dad faked his death and they used the Chitari invasion as a cover to get insurance money exact same or thing. to inherit the father's wealth? Now, to add on to this theory, during the Chitari invasion, the parents were gone for quite a while before Kate's mother finally gets to Kate. Exactly. Now, why is that? Now, oh, this stems off to a different theory. Now... <laughs> What if Hawkeye wasn't the one who saved Kate during this invasion? What if it was Kate's mother? Because we still don't know what her past really is. It's kind of sketchy. Because you don't see the arrow from Hawkeye's bow being being fired at all. All you see is the the Chitauri coming right at the building and then exploding. And then you see Hawkeye across the street. What if Kate's mother was busy on top of the building at some point shooting an arrow or something else like that to take down that one Jatari invader coming towards the building. Also, stemming off of that... Oh, no. <laughs> but okay. this, this next part, um, this next theory I have actually ties into uh, a la- little later on in the episode. Do you want me to continue with that, or do you want me to just wait until we get to that part? Let's wait till we get to that point. So let's continue with gotcha. this, the, just what we're talking about now. So, um, okay. So I did agree with you that it was very weird how the father said he was going down to the basement to do something. And then the mother said, go get, go get the game and then we'll, we'll play down here. But then she goes down there and it seems like she's gone for quite a while. And even when the kid's shouting, Kate's shouting for her mother, she doesn't show up until, until the very end of the scene. Um, but, and she doesn't really seem like she, she, she's not asked, she doesn't, she doesn't tell her where the father is. So I do agree with you. I think either they planned it because they were having money troubles and then later in the season, the series, they're not anymore. But (laughs) from somehow, they're in the same apartment, so I'm not sure what happened. But I do agree with you. I I think that either they faked his death so that they could get some kind of insurance money out of it or she killed him. Either she has a shady past and she decided to take advantage of the situation and kill the man giving her troubles. So, mm. yeah. 
my theory. What was the uh, what was the significance of the bit about like what do you do during a hurricane? Oh, I have no idea. Good question. You know what I'm talking about in the beginning. Yeah. She's like, you know, what do you do during a hurricane? He's like, I do the same thing. I protect you. What hurricane? Yeah, I don't know what hurricane. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good question. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, where's the hurricane? We're in freaking New that York. Should, that should have been what she what she said, or he said. He's like, what are you talking about? Maybe the mother's the maybe that's the uh, nickname for the mother. Ooh, she is called probably. Hurricane. She seems very high maintenance. I will protect you, even during a hurricane. Dun dun yeah. dun. I will lay your mom out. And the mom's listening. She's like, I don't beg to differ. Cocks the gun. You're dead. Yeah. Gun. <laughs> D-E-A. Dead. D-E-A. She probably threw him dead. off the building. Yep. <laughs> Maybe the dad saved her, but then he got shot. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Maybe Hawkeye shot the dad. It's all very sketchy. Whoops. Bad aim. <laughs> Maybe Hawkeye is your dad. <laughs> plot twist. Oh, what no. That would be a very big change from the comics, but okay. Mm, yeah. All right. Were there any more oh, theories about the next couple scenes before we move on? Um, right. The next theory I have ties into something that happens later on in this episode. Okay. All right. Good. Continue. So we're talking about how he doesn't want to uh, pay. He wants to pay for dinner. He doesn't like it. And then go for yeah. it. Yeah. So... Uh, later on, after that moment happens, Kate arrives at her mother's place where word of the bell tower's demise has more than reached the parental ears. It's a large bill to, to get that fixed, but not to worry. They are quite wealthy as a family. Now, before both Kate and her mother head off to a charity auction, Eleanor's new man, Jake, enters the room, much Jack. to Kate's... Is it, his it's, name is Jack? It's Jack. Oh, my yeah, bad. It's Jack, yeah. I, I've been saying Jake this entire time. Jacques. So, Eleanor's Jacques. new man, Jacques, uh, enters the room, much to Kate's dissatisfaction. Now, at the yeah. auction, a tuxedo-wearing Kate chats chats it up with a with the rich um, Armand, I think Armand the second, Armand the first, who R. reveals R. Eleanor. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, Armand, <laughs> who reveals Eleanor and Jacques um, are getting married. Lots of characters not being pleased with new information so far. Uh, mm-hmm. After a not-too-thrilled Kate confronts her mother, she takes a step outside where she spots a curious dog. Uh, random, but very important later. Um, mm-hmm. Now, back inside, Kate is back to her old habits of eavesdropping on her mother and Armand during a tense conversation conveniently dressed as someone easily mistaken as a server kate follows armand down into a wine cellar where a secret auction is taking place now first up a massive skull um after a run-in with the head waiter kate manages to maneuver her way out from suspicion she spies a few uh, russian-speaking lads doing something shady in the next room and she gets (laughs) back to the auction where armand and Jacques are bidding for a retractable Ronin sword. Now, just as the Ronin suit is set up as the next item on the agenda, an explosion tears down a nearby wall, sending the entire wine cellar into chaos. Now, amid the panic, Jacques swipes the sword off the floor, and Kate grabs hold of the Ronin suit. As masked men point their guns at Armand, 
and Jock, a suited and hooded Kate starts flying around, taking out foes one by one. Escaping through the newly formed hole in the wall, Kate gets outside where the where that rascal of a dog um, from <laughs> earlier is tugging at the leg of one of the getaway drivers. Uh, Kate chases the big puppy uh, or pupper <laughs> out into <laughs> the busy streets where she saves him from oncoming traffic. So she's clearly a hero. Clearly. Um, yeah. So towards the end of the episode, the family returns to their hotel where they're, this is the, uh, the, the Barton family, the Barton family returns to their hotel where they plan to pack to make it back home for Christmas. Now, a news report covers the explosion of the charity gala and also shows a glimpse of Kate in the Ronin suit. Now, what's this? Clint is troubled? Ah, that's Ooh. right. Now, while his family was snapped out of existence, Hawkeye <laughs> went on a different, uh, different vigilante route as a masked Ronin. Now, mm. back at Kate's apartment, she feeds her newfound companion with a scrumptious slice of leftover pizza. Her night's not over, though. Kate breaks into Armand's manor to, to look for more clues. She's got a clue, all right. Armand's dead body. It's just <laughs> laying there under a, cool, a pool R of blood R on the living room. Yep, R.I.P. R.I.P. One up for the dog, yep. Um, <laughs> Armand's dead body is laying under a pool of blood on the living room rug. Now, Kate books it out of there before... Uh, the arriving maid sees the scene of the crime. Now outside once more, Kate is cornered by the a group of hoodlums known as the um Tracksuit Mafia. Tracksuit Mafia. Yep, the Tracksuit Mafia. She's cornered by the Tracksuit Mafia, keeping watch since she ruined the robbery at the gala. Now, after getting cornered inside a car, a mysterious force appears to stop the thugs from crashing through the windows. And look at that. It's Clint Barton himself. Ooh. He grabs her out of the car and rips the mask off. She knows him, but he doesn't know her. And that's a wrap. Punches her right in the <laughs> face. <laughs> Almost punches her right in the face. And he goes, ah, come on. And that's a wrap. <laughs> I do love the way you said hits. that, though. Yeah. I love the way you said, ah, come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. Steven, what are yeah. your thoughts on this episode? Okay. I got a lot. So... Strap in. So, <laughs> All right. I want to st <laughs> I want to start off by saying that when I saw the first trailer of Hawkeye, I wasn't too excited. I knew that I would watch it regardless, but I didn't expect much to come from this series aside from the, the mantle of Hawkeye in the MCU being taken over by Kate Bishop. Now I can imagine other MCU fans not being as hyped for this series as they were for things such as. WandaVision or Loki because we are dealing with things at a cosmic scale at this point. So why would you care about something so street level as this? But I have to say, we need to give Hawkeye some love, man. Think about where Avengers would be without that man. Think about what we witnessed without him. Without him, they lost a thing. Thanos Thanos would have had the uh, gauntlet if Hawkeye didn't save it exactly. from the, his little goons. With Exactly. Without him, they lost to Thanos. With him, Loki gets a hold of the Tesseract. Without him, the Infinity Gauntlet that was made by Tony Stark that fell in the rubble at the end of Endgame would have fallen into the hands of Thanos, and the heroes stand no chance at that point. Now, 
I will say that this show is, uh, so far, is a treat to watch. In the first couple episodes so far, I know we're talking about the first episode right now, but the first couple episodes so far, they do a nice job setting up the plot as well as building their characters in these first two episodes. Uh, now, on to the episodes themselves. In episode one, I want to get back to the chaos sequence at the beginning. I enjoyed how the chaos sequence through uh, Kate's perspective is all one continuous unbroken shot from her in from her in her room running through the apartment to her witnessing Hawkeye the first time through the broken wall in her building that's all one continuous unbroken shot kind of like what happens in um the Netflix's uh Daredevil in those couple of seasons that is freaking amazing to me I love I I love when they do that now next thing I love the opening sequence animation for this show because it is a subtle way of exploring Kate's life from right. after the invasion to the present. Because, you know, they could have been like, all right, we're going to show some scenes going into this. Like, right after the, they, they cut to the, the, the credits and all that, um, you see, like, montages of her training us like that. But they don't do that. It's a subtle way of exploring Kate's life from after the invasion to the present. You see Kate picking up the bow, her archery lessons, fencing and karate lessons, and other stuff from her struggles in the training to her triumphs with those with that training. You see all of it through just the credits alone, through this opening sequence. And I think that's brilliant because you don't you're not pushing too hard to be like, this is what you're dealing with. It's like, nope, it's all there in the credits, and then after the credits is done, you move on slyly to the present time. And it makes sense that way. Now, yep. I uh, I did really enjoy the setup. For Kate's character, I think that um, I think um, because we are so used to seeing cosmic beings, uh, deviants and aliens and all the different kinds of things, it's a nice change of pace to then see this street level kind of action, the street level kind of uh, intensity that in uh, the street level kind of uh, stakes. You know, it's not stakes to the cosmic level where everything on the planet as we know right now is going to be destroyed if this one thing doesn't go right you know maybe a city gets taken over by the kingpin or whatever i don't know but it's not to that kind of scale but it's still really enjoyable to watch because now we are starting to build more of the street level mcu you know Mm -hmm. And I'm really, I'm really all for that because we could use a little break from what's been happening so far between phases one, two, and three, and then most of four. Right. Yeah. That's all you got? That's all I got for now. Wow, that was short today. Wow. Okay. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts on this first episode of Hawkeye? I thought it was good. Wow. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> no, well, I want to share my thoughts real quick. So, uh, so yeah, I, Iron Man three is one of my favorite Marvel movies just due to the fact that they're showing the real life impact and consequences that fighting has on a superhero. So this was kind of exactly the, what the Hawkeye was doing. It seemed so he's, he's a human and doesn't have powers or, and he's not rich like, like Iron Man was. Um, he's fought aliens, robots, gods, 
has held the all six infinity stones with the gauntlet and now is suffering from hearing loss and arthritis. So it's so human. It's great. That's why, because I feel like out of, out of all of the Avengers, all of the superheroes, uh, there's very few that you can feel connected to feel uh, like, yeah, connected to Um, with, with Hawkeye. He seems very human and just like black widow, very human. So I don't know. I thought it was really cool that he's he's an old man. He's an old man now who has hearing loss from all the all the the bombs and explosions and all this stuff that he's done in the past. Oh, how long has it been? 10, 11 years, 2008 to so thir- about yeah, about thirteen years. So all the things he's done in the past thirteen years. But yeah, no, I no. thought it was, it's, it's two thousand twenty-four really cool. now, right? It's two thousand twenty-four. Right, so. and he wasn't snapped. Yeah, yeah, I guess right. technically, yeah. But so like I guess my years. yeah yeah, I think my question is is Clint living on borrowed time after Endgame, because he was supposed to he was gonna sacrifice himself, and we were ready to say goodbye I think but he didn't die he didn't end up dying, he ended up living, unlike Black Widow R.I.P. But R. I. P. I don't know I have a question yeah what do you uh what do you say um, go ahead Mike two things. First of all, I want to apologize for just saying that I thought it was good and then moving on. Um, <laughs> second, that wasn't a question. I don't know if we've talked about this. That was I got a statement and I got a question. Ah, statement okay. has been stated. The question is being asked. Um, I don't know if we talked about this during uh, an episode, but we talked about it after Endgame came out. Mm-hmm. So, can we? Can someone please explain to me? Hawkeye, he's got a wife. He's got like a thousand kids mm-hmm. by that. I mean, he's got three. Yeah. Um, and he is a superhero, right? All fine and dandy. What is What was that situation with the Soul Stone where they, they had to like, you know, sacrifice the thing that meant the most to them? And like he and Natasha almost had kind of like a... Like they love each other type thing, but it's like he's a married man, you know. Like, can we? What? What is? Uh, yeah. What is that? I can kind of, you know, I, I can kind of uh, answer that. I think. Go for it. So think about Hit this. Hit me with it. Think about it. His wife's gone. His three children are gone. They were the things that he held most dear to him. So he can't sacrifice that, of course, because those things he's most loved are already gone. So I think it kind of, it's kind of like a. Uh, like a pyramid thing. So if the first person's not there, the second person's not there, the third person's not there. You gotta go in the line. It's like, yeah. all right, who's the next most important when person? His best thing? friend, because Black Widow. When the wife's away, the Hawkeye will play. Is what yes. she's saying. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. yeah. He's trying to he's trying to get that spider bite. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Trying to shoot that arrow at that target, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to yeah. get a bullseye. Bullseye. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just think yeah, it's because they had to a cheat on his wife. <laughs> so I just think it's just because she is the next most important person in his life. So, and I think the same would would be for for her because you know they both were in that kind of situation when they were both thinking about who who should be sacrificing for who. But she was trying to bang the Hulk, right? And she Captain was. America. I mean, yeah. they, she was and she Captain was flirting America. with uh, Captain America as well as, but Bruce and her, I think, were actually had this? a thing. 
I think Bruce and but her actually this, had a relationship. Yeah, but even though uh, Captain America and her, you know, fought together in Winter Soldier and stuff like that, and they came pretty close. Um, and Bruce Banner and her, they were, you know, kissing it up and, you know, get they were basically about to start a relationship, and she was starting to become more honest with them. I don't think she's ever been more honest with anybody than she was with Hawkeye. I think the two of them shared a bond between what they experienced uh, on their first mission together, which they kind of tie in in Black Widow. They also talk about it in Avengers, but I don't think I don't think anyone's ever come close to breaking down those walls that both of them um, have, aside from each other. They've they've they're the only ones that can really uh, say from experience what the other person's thinking, kind of thing. Like they they like Black Widow was the one who sh- showed up when the Ronin side of Clint was taking down the Akuzas or whatever they were, the Akuzas. So um, that that says something. Why wouldn't it have been Bruce or 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 Captain America or anything like that? They they made it um, Black Widow. They made it um, Natasha who went to find him, to bring him back. I think the same thing would have been said if Natasha was the one that was lost and fi- trying to find herself in this kind of way. I think that it would have been Clint that went to her. I don't think it would have been Bruce. I don't think it would have been anybody else because no one shares that kind of past that they, they share together. Right. No, I now that, that being said, let's go around the room okay. and everyone state their opinion. Do you think that Bruce Banner can specifically make his dick angry? <laughs> just so he can be human, but just... Okay. That's why. That's why. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Show Um, your work. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll get back to that in another episode. (laughs) Okay. That'll be another topic, main topic for next week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's our. That's our next theory time. Okay. Theory time. Okay. Well, I guess going off of the episode again, who do you think killed Armand the Third? Mike, we'll go start with you. I mean, man, man got a stab wound, right? And <laughs> at that point, uh, Jacques Cousteau had gotten the retractable sword, and it's been shown that he has uh, he has sword skills based off of his fencing, a uh, little duel with uh, with Kate. Uh, I think, it, oh, and I mean, it has to be said that he was eating the Armand Third uh, monogrammed hard candy. Right. Um, that could just be a a kind of you know a ruse a red herring if you will and it could have been uh i mean there was the there was I the do bit have a theory where about that though i do the too candy, yeah the candy there 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 was a bit with the um armand and the mom talking and he threatened her right so like steven said you know maybe maybe the mom is is uh a badass and has these these assassination skills that we're not aware of. So she killed the dad. It's possible Armand uh, threatened her. And I mean, he mentioned he has powerful friends and what have you. Maybe she killed him. Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe it was, uh, oh man, it was one of the tracksuit mafia guys. They seem a little, a little <laughs> uh, quick on the trigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it was a sword, but still. Yeah. Uh, who who knows? I, I mean, it's it's meant to be shown as, as Jack jock but the fact that it, it was, seems to be so, so obvious, obvious makes me think right. that it's not yeah maybe he killed himself 
Yeah. No, I mean, what one thing I thought was that maybe just just maybe maybe Jack. It is pretty obvious that Jack did it. However, maybe the mother took the candy and it was just sitting up in the drawer. And he took it while he was changing out of his fencing gear. And he was just eating it just like regular candy. Just sitting there. But go ahead, Stephen. What are your thoughts? So actually is something I'm going to bring up right now. Uh, but the mother, I believe it was the mother. I don't think it was Jack. Uh, I believe that we are, because it just feels too on the nose. You know, with everything that's going on right now, you see the candy, you see that he has fencing skills, he, he steals the sword and all that, and everyone, the audience is made to believe, oh, from the beginning, he's the bad guy. But something about this Hawkeye series tells me that nothing is as it is appears, you know? It's supposed to be a secret until the very end, and things are going to pull up. Uh, there's going to be a lot of plot twists that show up in the, in the near future in this uh, this series. I don't believe that Jock is the one who killed uh, Armand. I believe it, it was Eleanor. I believe that Eleanor has skills that she is not talking about. No, she seemed very casual. So, ah, this is a part of episode two. I can't talk about this, never mind. Yeah, right, we'll she seems, she seems very casual. She, she seems very casual with a lot of, of the conversation she's having with Kate and whenever Jacques is in the room. She seems way too casual for everything that's going on in the space, even when Armand is yelling at her and all that, she takes that in stride, as if she's like, "All right, I'm just gonna mess with them later. I'm gonna fuck with them up. I'm gonna fuck them up later for talking <laughs> back to me like that, you know." And like maybe she had one of her powerful friends take on Armand and win, you know. We all see the stab wound. We're all led to believe, yes, it was Jock because he stole the sword, and then he went to the Armand's place and he just he killed him right after the, the spot, maybe to inherit his wealth or something like that. We don't know. I don't believe it was him. Now, this is going to be another theory of mine. What if Jock or Jake, Jack isn't a bad guy at all in this series? In the comics, J- uh, Jack is considered to be a mentor to Hawkeye. So what if the end of the season, he takes up the mantle as Kate's mentor? So where's Hawkeye going? Where's Clint Barton going? Is he dying? Hell. So that, okay, that's something else I wanted to uh, talk about because uh, Mike brought that up as well because he's there's so many moments where like he's kind of like or or you asked the question you were like eh, how much how much longer does he have is he on borrowed time I believe he is because think about it this way we thought he was I I thought he was gonna die in Avengers Age of Ultron so we see his family and all that and at the end before Quicksilver steps in front of him and takes a bullet that he didn't have to you know all that stuff yada yada yada. I thought he was dead. I really did. You know, he's he he was kind of being a mentor and helping bring uh, Scarlet Witch up because she was in the the place. She, she was scared, and he's talking her down from you know that and helping her out. And then he walks out into the open. He's like, "I have a bow and arrow. That's all I got. None of this makes sense." And he's taking on these these robots. Um, I also thought he was gonna die in uh, Avengers uh, in uh, not Infinity War. Avengers Endgame. Now that would have made sense to me. I also, I, I'm not going to lie, ever since uh, Age of Ultron, I thought he was going to die. That one, uh, Civil War, I thought at some point, like, the, the kind of like what happened with Rhodey, I thought that was going to happen to him, where, like, he's up in the sky fighting something, and then all of a sudden, he gets dropped, or something like that, and he dies. I thought that was going to happen at that point, and I thought it was going to happen in Endgame as well, you know, whether it be him sacrificing himself on Vormir, or he's on, at the final battle, and because he's 
human all, taking on all, all these uh, these bad guys who are from another planet um, and a different timeline. Um, it, it was bound to happen. I thought he would be one of the people that dies. I didn't think it was just going to be Tony that died at the end. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Endgame. But I Man, thought he was... come on. I know. <laughs> I thought he was going to die from that point on, man. Like, he, even though we've, we've, we've seen him survive so many times and go back to his family, I think this will be the final time where he doesn't make it back for Christmas. Oh. I, yeah. I have to disagree with you on this one. I do not think Clint Barton is going to die. If anything, I think Jack is going to die. But I think that in the next episode, Jack and Clint Barton are going to meet each other and be like, oh, shit, I know you. Of course you do because I trained you, you little bastard. And then and <laughs> I think eventually it'll be a kind of cool dynamic, like a triangle dynamic where uh, Clint's trying to teach Kate. But then Jack's like, no, that's not how you do it. This is how you're supposed to do it. And he's like, shut up, man. So I think it's that it's gonna be kind of oh, like, like that dynamic. Boss. He's like over, yeah. Right. He's gonna be like, oh, no, no, I'm not helping. Go ahead, go ahead. And and he's like, but you should do it this way, you know. <laughs> so I do. I don't think. I think if anything, Jack's going to die. I don't think Clint Barton's going to die. I think he still has plenty of time in the I MCU. Think, yeah. But I think Jack's gonna die do, doing a heroic thing and like exactly. saving Kate and being like, I was Help, always your stepdad. Helping Clint get home for Christmas. Because I, I do think he's going to get home for Christmas, and he's going to be alive doing it. I don't think he's going to be dead getting home for Christmas. He's going to walk through the door and get <laughs> that shot. That would be such a bad ending. Awesome. I would hate that so much if he died at the end of this. <laughs> but Last scene. It has to be, it has to be uh, justified, though. It has to be... Um, right. It has to make sense. Yeah, it has to make but sense I did, with everything going on. I did just remember that in the... Uh, the early scene of the first episode, uh, when she first walks into the apartment um, that the that the mom's in, that they that they retained, Kate asks, uh, "So mom, like, what's with all the swords and knives?" And they yeah. bring in Jack. But what if it has nothing to do with Jack? What if the mom is the one that likes all the swords? Yeah, maybe he's maybe he got yeah. this uh, Ronan sword for her as a gift. Yeah, exactly. So I think maybe she uh, she took out Armand. Someone had a theory about the candy. Was it just that the mom had the candy and gave it to him? Yeah, I just said that a little. Yeah, I, I was. That's why I think it was a red herring. I think that she took the candy from the house, um, and she left it upstairs. And while he was changing, he's like, "Oh, cool, caramel," and he took it downstairs. And then off the caramel. That's how I encounter most caramels. Yeah, right, but exactly. but also but also he is the nephew of Armand the third. So. I mean, he could he could be over there every weekend, you know. We don't know. He could be taking candies from him every weekend. It, maybe it's not just. I think I think Kate Bishop in the in that in the second episode we'll get to in a little while. I think she freaked out a little bit too much for my liking, and she left. She left knowing that she's her left her mother with possible murder, and just left her there. And I was like, this oh, doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, not great. Never thought that. <laughs> I do but, have I do have one more uh, theory. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Uh, after we've been talking about this, I know I, I know I said that 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 uh, Jack uh, isn't a bad guy in the series. I said that. What if Jack is also giving her clues intentionally? So she picks up the, the candy. Uh, maybe Jack saw that at some point that she had the candy, and so he tries offering her that candy, and she sees it. That's one of the clues. Another clue is when they start fencing. And Jack is just letting her win at first, and then he shows his. Stop skipping to the next episode. 
Oh damn it! Like, you're right. But, ah! but go, uh, uh, let's oh, let's no. let's pause let's pause his fencing stuff until the next episode when we get to that scene and then I'll, I'll pause it okay. after I read that scene. Okay. But gotcha. <laughs> yes. Were there any more thoughts on episode one before we move nope. on to episode two? Okay. Nope. Another one more thing. Actually, a couple more things. Actually, one more thing. So director Ray Rees Tom Thomas of the Hawkeye series confirms that Hawkeye is set during Christmas 2024. So this all happens after Spider-Man Far From Home, which takes place in October of 2024. So I guess my question is, does the multiverse not break or does it all work out? Because oh. if this is happening a few months after <laughs> after those no movies, yeah, well, Far From Home and No For Home, No Way Home, because they happen almost after, okay, like right yeah. after each other. Right. But if if they if that happens in October of 2020. Four, and this movie comes out is in December of 2024. Why? Like, what happened? Why are we? Why is there no reference to this mo- to the movie? Maybe there will be in the future after we after the movie comes out because the last episode um, comes out the week after Spider Man No Way Home comes out. But does anyone have any thoughts on what's going on there? Maybe, yeah. So, what if? And this is a very far fetched theory, but what if at the end of uh, no way home. Mm-hmm. Peter Peter Parker, uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, is pulled into a different universe alongside Doctor Strange and a couple other very main big main characters. All the other characters that were brought to that universe from other you know universes, but they're all brought to a different universe along with any memory of the conflict itself and memory of Peter Parker's existence. What if they're all thrown out the window? Because then the spell <laughs> actually would have worked, you know? Right. Hmm, maybe, maybe it just delayed a little bit, you know? Yeah. Maybe the Spider-Man No Way Home takes hmm. place in a different universe. After he tries the spell, maybe he's transported to a different universe. Who knows? Good question. Good. That's a good idea. Instead of the main MCU timeline. Hmm. Any more thoughts, Mike, on that? No, man, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I think. Uh, well, I think at the end of No Way Home, Doctor Strange is going to bibbity bobbity boot all of it, and it's all going to go back to normal. Yeah, he's just going to band aid it know? for a little while until his movie comes he's out. Just he's just like, all right, let's exactly. let's rip the band aid off and let's let's get this going again. <laughs> all right, stitch it up and keep it going let's scooby do this crap yeah let's scooby do this crap and talk about episode two of the hawkeye series yeah so this episode picks up right after kate and clint meet in the alleyway uh they go to kate's apartment where lucky the pizza dog is waiting right as clint asks if she thinks she was followed before getting into the alleyway, the tracksuit mafia throws a mol- Molotov cocktail into the apartment and then another one. Clint breaks a window and catches the next one with uh, one they throw and throws it back at them. Kate shows and shoots another one out of the tracksuit mafia guy's hands. That's pretty cool. Uh, they escape the burning apartment and, and head to a store to pick up some neosporin and bandages for Kate's wounds. They then go to a safe house, which is Kate's aunt's apartment, who is out of town. Before I move on, I want to do something. I want to talk about something really cool. So Kate's aunt is an Easter egg, Maura Brandon in the comics. 
Moira's apartment was used as the base of operation for the West Coast Avengers in the comics. So Moira Brennan's apartment. Moira was also made an honorary Avenger by Hawkeye before she passed away. So hmm. that's pretty cool, right? That's a pretty cool Easter egg that yeah, it's pretty cool. they're currently hold up in the held up in the West Coast Avengers apartment. And Moira was a, an Avenger in the comics. Well, a brief Avenger before she passed away. <laughs> she didn't do any fighting or anything like that, I don't think. But, yeah. Does anyone have any thoughts on the, the previous paragraphs before we move on? Alrighty then. So, Clint heads back to the apartment to try and get the Ronin costume back. He dresses up, dresses up as a firefighter and sneaks back in, just to be disappointed by it not being there anymore. On the way out of the building, Clint sees a LARPing sticker on the window of one of the fire trucks. Clint takes this as a lead and finds out that uh, finds out by searching on TikTok, I think. <laughs> I think he's on TikTok. Instagram. Was it Instagram? I thought it was Instagram, but it was was a video. It was like, it it almost seemed like a TikTok, but all right. Instagram's got videos now, babe. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you for letting me know. All right. So he realizes that one of the firefighters slash policemen took the suit, the Ronin suit. So cut to the next day. Clint has to say goodbye to his kids and then fly home. For them to fly home. Clint then walks Kate to work and Kate asks him how does how he started going deaf. We get a montage of explosions and Clint's uh and Clint hurting in his his body <laughs> and he just says he doesn't know. Is that what he says? He says he doesn't know. He's like, ah, it's a bunch of different things. But Kate, Jack, and Eleanor are having a conversation in her office when Kate has to agree to have dinner with them later that night. Kate doesn't trust Jack still, but she sees it as an opportunity to get more of his, the truth out of Jack about what he's up to. Okay. And you guys could stop me anytime if you want to discuss any one of these, these paragraphs. I cut it up into paragraphs so that we have some time to talk about it, just in case. But... Next, Clint is see, seen going to the LARPing event to get the suit back from the firefighter slash cop, don't know, uh, who took it. They won't let him in unless he signs up. He joins and starts to f- to fake kill everyone in the, in his way until he reaches the man <laughs> who we'd later meet as Grills. Grease, uh, Grills agrees to give Clint the suit if Grills and his, can fake kill Clint in front of everyone at the LARPers of tournament. Clint agrees and eventually gets the suit back. But Stephen, did you have something to say about Grills? I know you mentioned this to me uh, before we started recording. Uh, who is Grills? Do you know who Grills is? Um, so I think in the comics, uh, Grills um, is in the apartment where the, uh, I think it was the West Coast Avengers uh, reside, uh, one of their locations. And he actually mm-hmm. is known to, to rebel against other threats that come towards uh for the avengers like that he's been known to, to fight back as one of the residents um mm, and right. he also cooks on top of the uh that's I know why he's named he grills cooks, yeah he cooks on top of he loves the, barbecues uh, yeah but yeah in the comic books he's he's killed by kazi who is the clown aka the clown who we do see it in this episode and the last episode ah, uh, he is oh, killed by no. him which is pretty come sad on. because Grills is so cool I know I really like this I character know. come on I know I really hope they do go in a different direction than killing just killing him off after just a few hours <laughs> but I really hope they do but alright well 
Later that night is when Kate, her mother, and Jack are having dinner when Kate challenges Jack to a fencing match. He agrees and Kate wins three times. She knows he is holding back and calls him out on it. While his head is turned, she lunges at him, but Jack quickly and easily disarmed her. Her suspicions are confirmed. He is hiding something and he, she's not, she's lets him know that she knows what, that he's lying. As in any TV show or movie, the parents don't believe the child. <laughs> so, you're right. You're right. So, yeah. So just quickly before we get into your theory, Stephen, after they both change out of their fencing gear, Jack offers Kate a candy that Kate saw in Armand III's apartment the night he was killed. She then suspects he kills him and leaves. She calls Hawkeye, but the phone was answered by one of the tracksuit mafia members, which we believe is Kazi the Clown because he was the only one speaking like, he wasn't like, he didn't sound Russian, is what I'm trying to say when he answered the phone. Um, yeah, so Kate tracks the phone using the system that her parents, that her mother owns the company. Stephen, so what are your theories on when all those, all, all of that? So, um, I had a theory about like in the previous the previous episode, I had a I had a theory that Eleanor was the main uh, mm. person of suspicion for killing Armand, and that uh, Jack was was a good guy, and that he was only there to to help uh, Kate. I still stand firm to that. I also now have a theory that Jack is giving Kate clues, you know. Now it would seem too obvious to Ooh. say that that Jack killed uh, Armand because he you see them uh, obtain the sword, you see that um, you see that he, in when they're in the auction in the previous episode you see Armand and, and Jack talking about relax you know I'm I'm gonna be inheriting the money really soon you know like kind of sketchy stuff but whether that was just the, just a uh, a front for Armand's purposes because he seemed kind of evil himself but. Um, what if, just hear me out, what if Jack is just giving Kate clues at this point? You, you see in the previous episode, uh, when Kate sees Armand's, uh, dead body, she takes one of the, uh, those candies that, uh, has mm -hmm. Armand's name on it. Um, when you see Armand give, you see, no, you see, um, Jack give, Kate one of those candies uh, after the the fencing and you that's when she she leaves thinking that it's him and then you also see the fencing skills you see when 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 she's challenging him to use his his full abilities and stuff like that he's like no 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 don't trust me I'm, you're just you're just very good and all of a sudden when he turns his back and she tries to stab him basically he deflects it and take and disarms her and stuff like that what if that was another 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 clue maybe he's telling us he's trying to tell Kate something slyly in front of Eleanor because in the exact same scene where um where where Jack and Kate are are fencing you see Eleanor in the corner with a glass of wine not even flinching at what's going on you know she's yeah, like she's all right guys just she's not phased by it at all as a matter of fact there are so many things that she has not been phased by in the last two episodes why the hell is that it means that she doesn't fear anything that's going on at the present time because maybe she has she holds all of the cards. Maybe Jack 
isn't supposed to isn't actually trying to marry her for love or anything. What if Jack is investigating her? What if Jack is trying to find something out? What if he's a part of the Secret Service? Or what if he's and this is very far fetched, but what if he's What if he's the president? What if he's the president of the United Maybe. States? You know? <laughs> what if yeah. What what if he's trying to to um get Eleanor to confess something and try figuring out who her contacts are? Like there's because again we don't know much about Eleanor, and that's annoying right now because you're starting to build certain characters up. You're starting even to build uh, Jack up a lot, which is really cool. What if he is the good guy who is trying to get get Kate's attention? Giving her clues sl- slowly and but surely, maybe like the ne- the next episode, maybe the next episode he gives her another clue that then kind of t- um, heads in the direction of Eleanor or somebody else that we might not have suspected over Jack. So those are my thoughts. Okay, I think it's worth noting that uh, the scene where Kate is talking to Armand at the party when um, when he thinks that she's a a waitress mm-hmm. um and they're talking about uh, armand reveals obviously that uh eleanor and shock are getting married and uh armand isn't a very huge fan of the of the mom there's a, i believe there's this uh part where kate says something lo- along the lines of uh he's a very lucky guy and armand says i'm not so sure Right. About the mom. And uh, then they have a little argument. Armand ends up dead. So I think that Armand may have known something about Eleanor that uh, hasn't been revealed. And then he was killed for it. So um, I agree. I think that all I think that all ties in. Yeah, I think it all comes uh, back to Eleanor, the mother. I think it all comes back. It all comes back to, to her. I she think had? she might have. She a Shatari? Huh? Is she, is she a Shatari? Is she a scroll? May- What's happening here? You know, there is a rumor that uh, she could have been replaced by by a scroll during the Avengers scene at the beginning, where she so her Go real ahead. mom must might, might have died, and she became a scroll. But I don't think that's what's going to happen at the end of this. I don't think that's what's going to be revealed. But I do think that Eleanor is working for Kingpin, in some way. Because how does she come into the money that oh, they know that they they of course did not have? which seemed like they didn't have, even though they were living in the middle of New York City in this huge penthouse. Like, it seemed like at some point you had the money, but but in, I think that she might have borrowed money from the kingpin, and now she's running a software? What, what, what is she, a security company? Is that what it is? Security company. Right. Yep. So she's able to hack people. Bishop or, security. Right, yeah. So And there's a rumor that she might be Madame Mask, who is a supervillain in the comics, but hmm. uh, that would, would have changed her backstory a little bit since the mom actually died in the comics, her uh, Capish's mom. But yeah, but before we get to the end and we got all of our theories out of the way, I just wanted to just end the episode. So we cut to Clint being interrogated by the tracksuit mafia. They're asking where <laughs> where Kate, Kate Kate is. It seems like he's trying to confuse fuse them, which is working. And he's like, oh, it's talking to a wall. It's like talking to a wall. And then Kate ruins Clint's plan and crashes through the roof of the building that the mafia is holding Clint. She is outgunned, so she also gets captured. (laughs) They get tied to what seems like a kid, uh, kid circ, um, what's the word? 
What is it? What do they get tied to? Kid ride? It's carousel? A kid ride. Right. It's a kid ride. Yeah. So they get uh, duct taped to that. And at this point is when one of the the main tracksuit mafia dude goes over, opens a door, which is all in red, and sees Echo. And that's when we're introduced to Echo. So... I don't know. I was pretty excited. She seems such a, like she seems like a badass. So I cannot wait to see what she does in the next couple episodes. But like we have mentioned before, she is, does have a photographic memory and reflexes. Uh, so she has similar powers to Taskmaster. And yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty excited. She has very big ties to Kingpin, of course. Not sure at this point if she's. I, I'm sure at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at this point that she is under the wing of Kingpin as well. But it seems weird because do you remember in the first episode when the tracksuit mafia crashes through the building of the um, of the black market deal type thing that's going on? The, the Eleanor hears the rumbling and does not seem surprised at all. She doesn't even flinch when the when the building shakes. You guys notice that? Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. No, she seemed no, like she knew it was happening. Like, or was going to happen. So. Oh, yeah, huh? But. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we're introduced one other, to One other Echo. cool things. Yeah. We're introduced to Echo. Uh, so I hope next episode we get a bit more of that because, of course, Hawkeye. So Clint Barton is going deaf. So I'm not sure if he knows a lot of sign language, but he is going deaf. So he has something in co- kind of in common with Echo. Um. But also, did you guys notice that the news anchor that we saw that broke the news that Ronan returned is the same anchor that From outed Peter Parker? Series, right? Oh, right. Well, yeah, yeah. So he, oh, he's he's in the Daredevil series and a bunch of the Netflix series, but he's also the one that outed Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Um, mm. He he's just all over the MCU. Yeah, he, they they love using him as the as the news anchor. Yeah, he's an actual news anchor, isn't he? That's right. I think he is. I think yeah, he is. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. But another cool so, thing yeah. is Jack is, I know you mentioned this briefly, Stephen. He is the one that um, trains Hawkeye in the comics, and he goes by the name of uh, Swordsman. So makes sense that he loves swords because he is Swordsman. And for a brief time, he fought the Avengers uh, around the time he was working for the Mandarin in the comics. I know I mentioned this to Mike couple days ago but i almost thought that because the hawkeye series came out after shang chi i thought that we were going to see or be introduced to swordsman in the shang chi movie but yeah but we have not so hopefully we see more cool things coming from swordsman aka jack but that's all that's all i had for the episode any other thoughts and theories i don't have any more uh, theories but i do have a couple of thoughts regarding episode two Okay. Now, uh, one of the things I said I stated before, um, on a thought for episode uh, one was that we're so used to seeing cosmic beings and deviants and stuff like that, all the like, uh, and this is a nice change of pace in the MCU. Now they're beginning to build their street level MCU. We could be seeing street level heroes such as Punisher, Jessica Jones. Who, if you are looking at the um, apartment names clearly. Below the uh, the Nana or Aunt's uh, name, you see someone Jones and something else. What if that's Ooh. Jessica Jones' apartment? Oh, Maybe. wow. 
It could be tying in that oh. way. Yeah. Um, so you see, like, maybe you'll see heroes such as Punisher, Jessica Jones, Elektra, Black Cat, and a few others. That'd and they really all live cool. in the same apartment. <laughs> maybe. Where's that sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're, we're set to see Moon Knight uh, coming out pretty soon. So that's already set up for us. Now we can also see uh, villains in this series alone. We could see Kingpin, Bullseye, and others. Now that would be something to see. I would love, now going back to something that we had talked about previously uh, for Charlie Cox with his solo film, or fo- solo, not solo film, sorry, solo project. I would like for him then to stem away from Kingpin for a little bit and maybe touch upon Bullseye or some other main uh, street-level villain that we haven't really touched upon so far because in the Netflix series, Kingpin takes a good chunk of his his time. You know, he's in season one, he's the main uh, the main guy. Season three is the main guy. And in season two, you see him quite a bit when he's locked up, and then you see his inevitable escape, you know? Right. So I would like for them to touch upon that. Now, going back to the episode itself, Haley Steinfeld fits this role perfectly. It doesn't feel awkward for a second with her portraying this character. So far, she's crushing it. I don't feel like she's overdoing anything. Like she's not trying to make things too funny, or she's not she's not being too serious about it. I think they found the perfect person to play Kate Bishop. Now, going on to the other side, Jeremy Renner. I think Jeremy Renner is giving a powerful performance so far with looks that he's giving towards certain things that are making him uncomfortable. Um, you, you're you seeing how past conflicts have taken a toll on him, not only physically, but also mentally. You know, they're starting to bring up things. He's traumatized, he's traumatized for sure. Yeah. for sure. You're starting to see, like, you know, with the arthritis and the hearing aid. And, and with all of that going on, <laughs> the... Uh, what was that 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 uh, event that he had to go to to get the 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 stuff back? What was that called? Uh, the stuff um, back. Oh, uh, the NYC LARPers. The LARPers, New York yeah. City LARPers. The LARPers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he went the live to, action role play. Right. So, even though he is basically so traumatized right now, and he's he's conflicted in so many different ways, he still can make a couple jokes towards Kate Bishop's way. You know, um, he goes to this LARPers event in search of the Ronin outfit. And even though he could just take down all of these people and steal it <laughs> easily, he, respects he plays it. along. He respects it. He plays along into the game to find Grills. And then Grills is like, come on, man. You're a real-life Avenger. Like, like, like you, you're a badass every day of the week. Like, I am just one random dude who's never won anything in my life. Like, kind of like, you feel bad for the guy immediately. He's like, so all I ask is that you make it real. You just fight me for it. And you, all, you, all you have to do is lose, you know, and it's all <laughs> yours. And he's like, and then he, he says, I fought Thanos. <laughs> okay. And he just jumps into the fight like, God damn it. I, I've done so many stupid <laughs> battles and, and I'm doing this. And he goes into it. He, he goes along with it. He's like, he's actually having a little bit of fun there. And the fact that he can go through all of that stuff, um, all those difficult uh conflicts at one time and then have a little bit of fun in there i think jeremy renner did a very good job of 
portraying someone who is conflicted, but also who is still fighting to be true to themselves, you know, and is not like totally tormented. Um, and I know it's only been two episodes so far, but I am really enjoying uh, the casting for this show. And I don't know much about Echo. I don't know much about the actress playing Echo, but from what you've you told to. about her having similar um, abilities to Taskmaster, that is fucking cool. Like, yeah. uh, just, there's there so many possibilities on, on where this show can go. And I didn't think I was going to care for it that much based on the first trailer I saw or even, um, like, when we were discussing what could possibly happen in there, like who was being cast for it and all different characters in the show, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I am so far. But at the same time, I am. there are still stakes to this show to where I'm nervous for characters. Like, you know, certain characters could die, other characters will thrive, but they'll lose someone that's precious to them. Like, I don't right. know. There's so much that could be uh, taken away from this. Yep. Any last thoughts from you, Mike? Hey, man. Hey, man. man. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You got it. So, yeah, that was was our recap and thoughts on episode two of the Hawkeye series. Um, Yeah, were there any other thoughts or geek news you wanted to discuss before we uh, wrap this one up? A nice little bow. All right. So, uh, episode three of the Hawkeye. And Hawkeyes. arrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry. Wrap it up with a bow and arrow. <laughs> so, episode three sorry. of the Hawkeye um, show is premiering next Wednesday. So, we will be doing an episode right after that. Uh, so, keep an eye out for that when that airs. But, yeah, I think that'll do it for today's episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We do appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. And remember, my name is Matthew. My name is Mike. And my name is Stephen. And we, we love, love you 3,000. 3, Why, Mike, yo. Yeah.